The following audio-supported podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Please speak with your healthcare professional before making any treatment decisions. The guests on today's show were paid to participate in this podcast. What's up, Cheat Codes listeners? It's me, Dr. Z. And me, Dr. C. Dr. C, how have you been? I've been good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. We're just powering through these Cheat Codes episodes and lining up guest after guest. We actually have a really good one today. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, so we've got Miss Ayana Johnson, who's the 2021-2023 SCDA National Teen Ambassador. Miss Johnson's a sickle cell warrior, Dr. C, who really didn't let that get in the way of her ability to live her best life and advocate for the best lives of those with sickle cell disease. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to her. We've had a lot of guests from different walks of life, but I don't think anybody from the pageant competition. Yeah, so that's very interesting. Certainly sickle cell disease does not define Miss Ayana Johnson. She defines sickle cell disease and how it's able to empower her to empower others. With that being said, should we jump right into the episode? Let's do it. All right, here we go. What's up, Cheat Codes listeners? It's me, Dr. Z. And me, Dr. C. Dr. C, we've got a phenomenal guest that our patient advocacy team lined up for us to get to know today. Are you ready? I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super excited too. Today, we've got Miss Ayana Johnson, and I read a lot about her. I read many emails from our patient advocacy team about Ayana, but I don't think I could do it justice. So I'm going to have Ayana just jump on in, introduce herself, and we're going to get going from there. Sounds good. Welcome, Ayana. Hi, thank you for having me. And hi, everyone listening at home or wherever you are. My name is Ayana Johnson. I'm 17 years old. I'm a senior. I can't believe I'm saying out loud that I'm a senior in high school now. Um, I attend Nansman River High School in Suffolk. And I also attend Governor's School for the Arts as a dance major. That's my art form. And I'm also a little bit, just a little bit involved in my community for sickle cell disease and chronic illness awareness. So that's a lot about my platform and sort of where my community advocacy stemmed from. So I'm excited to talk to you guys today. The fact that you qualified it by saying a little bit involved is the understatement of the century. (laughs) I've got to tell you, you're a lot of bit involved based on what I'm reading, and I want to hear all about it because that's what we're here for. We're here for sickle cell advocacy and we want to hear about your work. Yeah. So tell us what fired you up. How did you get into sickle cell advocacy? What is your story? I know it, but I want the listeners to hear it. I started pageantry too, which is what a lot of people know me from now because it gave me a platform. So a lot of people recognize my face from that. But the reason why I started pageantry is unique because it had to do with the life I live every day, my personal story. I lived my platform. And not a lot of other people who compete can say that they actually live what they're advocating for. They can be super passionate about it for sure. But the fact that I actually lived it, like I had that firsthand experience, is definitely a lot different. And so when I was five years old, that's when I realized really that I had sickle cell disease. And I always knew, my parents always made sure I was aware but that's when I had my first crisis. When I had my first crisis, I was in kindergarten and I was in the classroom and we were like having playtime 
And I started to feel this really bad pain, but I didn't know exactly what it was. I was five years old. For me, I was like, why am I hurting so bad? Why do I have such a bad owie? That's my thought process at five years old. And I'm trying to like explain this to my teacher that I'm in really bad pain. And she didn't believe me. Like simply, she just didn't believe it. She just dismissed it. You're fine. You can go back and play. Like she just dismissed it completely. So that definitely, I feel like that's a huge highlight of me and my story because that set me back in wanting to advocate for myself for a long time. And the juxtaposition from that girl to now who is so willing to advocate for herself and for other people is great that I've been able to have that growth. Just being silenced at the time made it feel impossible for me to share my pain. I felt like I had to be strong. I felt like I was going to get treated differently. I felt because I was sick sometimes, when would I be able to come back to school? I would just be out for a couple of weeks and I would come back and people would ask why and think I was like at Disney World. And it's no, like just going through a really bad pain crisis right now. And when I was around eight, that's when I really decided I wanted to advocate for sickle cell. I saw like the incongruities and the resources that sickle cell and hematology had versus oncology, for example. And hematology and oncology are usually linked together. And the fact that there was such a huge discrepancy in the resources provided, I thought that wasn't fair. And I was eight years old when I decided this. I was just, that's not fair. And I wanted to change that. And I'm blessed to have access to proper health care, to insurance that cuts my medication costs down and gives me more access to different medications. A lot of people with sickle cell cannot afford that lifestyle. So I was thinking about how I want to advocate for people to be able to do things like that. And then I started going to things like health fairs more often. And I've been doing community service since I was three. My parents always raised me very service-minded, but I really started to understand the purpose and intent behind doing it and finding my true intention and my niche of community service. And I started doing health fair and I started doing more blood drives or I'll go with my mom to volunteer with her at her alma mater, things like that. And then I decided when I was 10, I really want to do this. And then it spiraled from there. People were asking me from different news outlets or media outlets to hear my story and they would do articles on me. Um, I started my nonprofit, I think when I was around 12, like I got the idea for it. And I was like, I want to create comfort objects for hospitalized children who go through the same things I do, but even kids who just experience being hospitalized. And so it just started like growing and growing because I knew that my voice mattered and that me being able to advocate for myself, like I was also good at advocating for people who couldn't find that voice yet or didn't have that yet. So yeah, that's like my story. And then I got into pageantry and I only did it because I wanted to bring a larger platform to sickle cell. And my parents always made sure, like as growing up doing sports or activities or whatever, they'd always be like, okay, what's your why? Like, why are you doing this? I've been a dancer since I was three. They were like, wanted to make sure I was doing it for me. And everything I did was for me. And that really helped me because then I didn't do pageantry for no reason or just for a crown or a sash or whatever. Like those things were just bonuses to me. It was all about, okay, how can I expand on this project to help elevate a community of people and like how this affects other people outside of myself, like something larger than myself. That was my whole goal. And then I just started.
from there, I think 12, I was when I started pageantry. And then I just recently gave up my most recent title, but I'm still advocating always. And I'm the ambassador for the Civil Cell Disease Association. That's amazing. I'm sad to hear how your kindergarten teacher responded. I always think of kindergarten teachers as just the kindest people. And to hear them respond like we often hear ER doctors do is really disappointing. But I'm super impressed that you took these challenges and then turned it around and tried to help other people. I have met a few people in horrible situations that do that. They take that situation and turn it back into something positive, and that's just amazing. Agios is a biopharmaceutical company that's fueled by connections with patient communities, healthcare professionals, patients, and each other. Building on these connections and the company's unmatched leadership in the field of cellular metabolism, Agios is pioneering therapies of genetically defined diseases, a broad group of rare and more common diseases that are typically severe and life-threatening. Near-term, Agios is focusing on hemolytic and acquired anemias including sickle cell disease, pyruvate kinase or PK deficiency, and thalassemia. To learn more, visit agios.com. That's A-G-I-O-S dot com. I am completely unfamiliar with pageantry. I hear you're Miss Teen Virginia, which is amazing. Tell me about that. How did you get into pageantry? Yeah, so like I was kind of explaining how I got into my advocacy for sickle cells, the same path I took for pageantry. I wanted to expand the platform for sickle cell disease. And so I, I always was intrigued by pageantry. When I was eight years old, I remember my dance teacher, I danced at this studio for like over 10 years. And it's funny because the owner of the studio, she became my director when I won Miss Virginia's team. And she always told me like, I was gonna be Miss America or like she could see me being Miss Virginia or Miss America. That's always what she would tell me. And I didn't really know what it meant. Like I was just okay, took the compliment. And my parents definitely didn't know what it meant either. And I got this open call letter in the mail from a huge pageant system called National American Miss. And I just did that before I was eligible to compete in Miss America because I always wanted to compete there. And my studio owner had asked me to do the princess program for Miss America. And I did it once and I loved it. I thought it was so fun. I wanted to be like those girls on stage. And that was just me at eight years old. Also seeing people who looked like me in the pageant world win titles was really inspiring. Like Carissa Cameron, it's Miss America 2010, but she's Miss Virginia. So she came from Virginia and then her mom. So her mom judged me when I won. So was, I have a lot of like full circle moments looking back. And I think timing is such a real thing and nothing happens by accident. Yeah, and I just got an open caller and I told my parents about it. And I was like, I want to do this. And they were like, what is this? Okay, what's this other thing? Because I was already so busy as a competitive dancer and I was doing activities in school. So I mean, it was already like, but I was always a busy kid and I wanted to always do more. And so, yeah, I just, I started competing the first time I ever did a pageant. I was 12 and I placed top 10 and then I went back the next year and then I placed first runner up. And so then that year I was eligible for Miss America and I was like, some people told me not to do it because I was so young. I just turned 13 and that's the cutoff age or the starting age. So I was like, 
really young. I was competing with an 18-year-old girl. So there were a lot of people that was like, maybe she should wait, whatever. I was just like, no, I don't want to do it. And I did it my first time when I turned 14 because of the COVID year. So I had time to grow my platform and evolve and stuff like that. And then I competed for my first, that was my first Miss America title. And then after that, I went to state at 14 for my first time. I got first runner up, which was a huge shock. I didn't expect that. Like for me, it was just like, I just want to show the judges my story, tell them why I want the job, which is to be able to spread more awareness of sickle cell disease. Okay, here are my plans. Here's my media plan. Here's this. I definitely had strong goals and intentions, which I think is something that helped me to ultimately succeed the way that I did because I was very clear on why I wanted to be there. And I was, yeah, so I was really shocked. I got first runner up. I was just, wow, I definitely want to try this again. And I love scholarship opportunities that come along with it too for Miss America. So then I went my second year when I was 15 as Miss Ronald Valley's team and I won that time around. So then I won. And I'm the first, I'm actually the first sickle cell warrior to win the title of Miss Virginia's team and also to compete at Miss America that's 17. So that was really huge for me because a lot of young girls who have this illness really look at the illness and not at themselves and what they have to offer. And I did that at one point. And so I'm really glad that I've been able to just embrace it. And I can hold this title. I'm very capable of this job and many other things that I do in my life as well. This is just the disease is a part of me. It's not me though. Yeah, that's kind of like why I got into it, how I got into it. And pageantry, it's not just all about like glitz and glam and wearing crowns and sashes. Like it's really about the service aspect of it. At least for me, it is. And it means something different to everyone. But for me, it's really, okay, why are you doing it? What's your platform? What is the goal behind it? What is your cause? And how do you want to propel that? How do you plan to propel that as a title holder? And for me, if I didn't have that solid plan, I wouldn't have done it. I wanted to do it because I was intentional. Intention is such a big thing. I was just going to say, you set out with this goal to go into pageantry, to move forward your advocacy, and then you had such great success at it. I imagine it opened a lot of doors and really expanded your platform. Are there some instances you could share with us where the people you met or the opportunities you had worked well with what you're doing in advocacy? It was a whirlwind of a year to, first of all, competing for nationals. Like we had five weeks or something. It was very short. I was crowned June 25th. I went to Dallas, Texas for nationals. August 7th. And then we started competition August 8th. Rehearsals, we had to film for our sponsors and we had to like it. So it was a lot of fun, but there was a lot of optics to it too, because it was at the national level. So it was like things I was never used to doing before, but it was a really cool experience. So that was like the first thing I had with meeting all these other girls, 50 other girls from across the country and getting to be in the same room with former Miss Americas and things like that, that I thought was really cool. Also, too, I got to expand on my legislative work. And this is my second year now. I had just done it when I had won, being Delegate Kenny Munley King's Youth Legislative Advisor. And I'd been to my state capital before lobbying for sickle cell disease. But I got to go there a little bit more and I got to meet all of the delegates. I got to meet with the first lady and I was featured in her sisterhood spotlight where I like was my story was shared across the Commonwealth, which is really cool. And it's funny, now we have a connection. I was sick and she called. I was like, the first lady of the state is just giving me a phone call on a random Tuesday. Like, you know, now we have a connection before I am able to share with her my goals and 
also with the governor as well. I got to meet him a couple of times and share with him my plans and stuff like that. And one like really cool, it was super cool. It's Rare Disease Day, which is February, I think February 28th. And the president was in town and he was in Virginia Beach. We heard about it and it was such a mind boggling experience because it was all from who I knew and the connections I made and the connections I built from such a young age that continued to flourish. And those connections aided me in being able to have the opportunity to go and just be in the same room. So it was like a delegate that called and was like, hey, we want Ayana to come to this and I think it would be great, blah, blah, blah. Cool. So I go there and he was having like a healthcare rally. It was really about like the things I'm passionate about, cutting medication costs. He talked more about Medicaid for seniors. He talked a little bit about cancer and he didn't mention sickle cell at the time. And so me being there, I was just like, oh, that's super cool that I was there in the same room. And then his speech was over and everyone was leaving and he was like leaving. And I found, we found this spot where he was about to exit the tunnel that he goes through. And I just stood right there and I have, mind you, I have my crown and sash on. I'm wearing this bright yellow jumper and like a black, like I remember exactly what I had on. <laughs> this was such a cool thing. Uh, I have this like black blazer and this bright jumpsuit, my crown and sash. One of the delegates I knew pushed me to the front so I could get to see him. And he stopped, like this is pre- the president. And he stopped and he was like, Miss Virginia, oh my gosh. And he was like fangirling over me. And I was like, the president, <laughs> that's so crazy. And he like, I have pictures of, I wish like you could insert them on the screen, but I have pictures of his face. Like he was so like shocked. I don't know, to see me. I was just like, okay. <laughs> and he like grabbed my hand. We're like, I have this really cute picture. We're like holding hands. And he was just like, I started, I just was talking to him. I really thank pageantry for giving me good communication skills because a lot of people would be really starstruck or not know what to say or freeze up. And I thought I was possibly going to do that because that's a huge public figure, the president of the United States. I thought I was possibly going to do that, but I was able to just, I just had a conversation with him like we're doing now. And I was just asking him about the plans that he intends to do for sickle cell disease and what he wants to do for Americans who have sickle cell. He's telling me about cutting medication costs and also the money that they're putting in for the research and the budget that they have and also more FDA approved drugs. Cause I literally was like, yeah, we don't have a lot of FDA approved medications. We only have four. And I was telling him that. And then he was like, yeah, we're working on expanding those things. And we were just like, just chit chatting for a good, maybe two minutes or so. And yeah, he also said I need to get my own secret service. <laughs> As he told me. Yeah, that was really cool. That was one of the times where I was like, things like this really opened so many doors and opportunities. It doesn't get bigger than that. Yeah, like it was so crazy too, because I didn't think I was going to get to meet him. I just thought like I was going to get to be in the same room as him. I thought that was cool in itself. So I was good with that. I just didn't expect that. It was huge. It was really cool to just get to share a little bit about my story, but also at the end of the day, He's someone who was elected to serve the people. And I got to tell him about how he can better do that. I got to be the constituent that did that. It was really crazy and cool. That's just fantastic, Ayana. It's incredible to hear 
how many doors were opened for you and how much attention you were able to receive. One of the things in a position like yours where you're able to influence the type of rooms you walk into, I'm curious, sometimes it's nice to see the fruits of your labor, right? So the people you've inspired or the people who have come to you and said, you know what, Ayana, your story makes me feel better about sickle cell disease, living with it and what I can accomplish. Are there moments like that for you where you've been able to interact with the community and you feel the power of your advocacy come through? Absolutely. I love this question. I got to touch like every corner of Virginia. I traveled so much. I did over 110 appearances. And I don't even, saying that number now is crazy to me because I was junior in high school. I would do things like go meet the president and then the next day I went to rehearsal and everyone was like, did you meet the president yesterday? Do these things that were out of the ordinary for someone my age and then I would just go get a smoothie with my friends. I was still living teenager life and I'm still doing that now, but also running this public figure, social media with the Miss Virginia page. And I was still running my nonprofit, doing all these things, running a business, but being a teenager at the same time, which has always been really important to me to still be a kid. One of the things I got to do was a school tour. And I loved the school tour. I love kids. And that's why I want to be a, I want to be a pediatric hematologist, but specifically pediatric because I do, I just love kids. And I enjoy working with them a lot. And I would go and give motivational speeches and I would talk about self-esteem. And there were a couple of underprivileged communities I was asked to go into or predominantly minority communities, kids that lived under the poverty line. And it was my last, I think, appearance ever before giving up my title. I think it was like the same day. And we'd have rehearsals and everything, but I had someone asked me to come to the school. And I was like, yeah, sure. Let my director know. And she's like, yeah, it's great. Definitely go. And a lot of the kids were really young. And it was like a daycare, but it was in this underprivileged pocket of Roanoke, Virginia. And so a lot of kids there definitely lived under the poverty line, weren't able to afford meals at home and so they have they provide the meals for the kids throughout the day and they can take food home and things like that and so I got to go there and just like how excited all the kids were to see me and I would repeat self-love affirmations with them and then I went outside because I only talked to one class so then I went outside and I got to see all of the kids and they just came and piled on me and gave me a big hug and it was one of those moments. And I had quite a few moments like that throughout my year. And I still have moments like that now, which is really funny too. So it like how excited that they were to see me. And I got to tell them like, you can do exactly what I'm doing, exactly what you can see in yourself. And I still have, I went to the doctor. It was like a couple months after I won and I went to the doctor and I was sitting there with my mom and this little girl like came up to me and she just grabbed my hand. And I wasn't doing anything like I was just like there. But I like I think I just like smiled at her and she came over and she like grabbed my hand. She started like talking to me. And my mom, she said to me, she was like, it's like the crown is still there. Like it's still your spirit and your energy that radiates and you still are able to attract, you know, these young kids that still look up to you in a way. And I thought that was so it almost made me emotional. Like I was like that 
really encapsulates pageantry for me, like what it's about. Because even after the crown, like life after the crown, there's still room to inspire and motivate and build and grow. And I just want to keep building. Those moments for me show me like this is why like I started what I do in the first place and why I'm going to keep going. It's absolutely beautiful. Such a wonderful sentiment. I feel like I could talk to you all day, but I know we only have you for a limited amount of time. One question I definitely want to hear from you is you've told us where you've been. You've told us about what you're doing. But the most important question I think is where are you going? What's next? What does the future hold for you and for your advocacy and what you're about to accomplish? My senior year starting, I definitely wanted to just indulge in my last year. And again, like I said, I feel like nothing happens by accident. Timing is so real and God doesn't put anything into my life at a certain time for no reason. Like the timing of when I won, I felt was so perfect because I was able to go to nationals. I was still young, but I was older and mature enough to grasp the concept and know what I needed to do. And I grew so much from the year before. And I'm the type of person too, where it's if I know I need to improve in something, like I'm going to really work at it. And that's definitely what I did my second year when I won. After winning my junior year and then my senior year, being able to just live and not have to worry so much about being a title holder, which don't get me wrong, I loved. And it was a great journey. I'm so grateful for it. But also too, it's good that I'm able to just enjoy the rest of my high school experience. And I'm still volunteering all the time like I was before. And I volunteer with this organization called Teens with a Purpose. So it's helping kids learn how to dance who don't have the monetary means to. So we're able to teach them dance classes for free at our studio. And we just some different styles, done modern, we've done a little bit of African dance, um, a little bit of jazz dance. And then we also had to choreograph a dance for them to perform at a gala that they had. So getting to do stuff like that, super fulfilling and opportunities that they thought they wouldn't have. I was a part of giving that to them, which is really cool. I also too, I'm still just building my nonprofit. American Red Cross has been a really good sponsor that's hopped on board. And so I'm able to get Build-A-Bears actually through them. I'm their ambassador as well. So I go around different places in the state and I talk to the teams and stuff and encourage them to keep doing what they're doing. And I got to see the lab and stuff like that. Where all the advocacy is going and work with a lot of the volunteers, which is really cool. So they've definitely been on board and helping me just continue to elevate my nonprofit. That's another big goal for me in the next coming years. And yeah, I feel like I'm probably forgetting a couple things too. I'm definitely out, I'm definitely out there a lot doing um, advocacy for the Sickle Cell Disease Association as their national team ambassador. And that's so cool. That's how Holly and I met. And then I was with Cayenne Wellness at their event and then they flew me out to LA. That was such a cool experience. They got to fly me out and I got to talk about my story a little bit and just like being there, being in the space with a lot of people who go through the same thing, but not even who go through the same thing who are so eager to learn. Very cool to see as well. Yeah, so I got to go to that and then also to take classes in LA. Like I never got to do that before. So just now really I'm focused on enhancing my academics to prepare for college, but also my dance, just focusing on that too and working professionally and things like that are things I'm starting to do and think about as well. So I plan to definitely attend college and then I'll be going to pursue hematology 
And I also want to dance as well. I think big a lot. And so I'm like, okay, I have the passion of medicine. I have this passion of dance and I struggle with chronic illness, but I love to dance. So I'm thinking like when I'm older, oh, do I want to possibly create a dance center for children with disabilities or things like that with special needs. But those are things I think about are like opening my own dance centers for kids with different medical conditions, like things like that, that make me feel accepted. And so I want to continue expanding on that. So that's what's next. I feel like just building. There's always room to improve and do more. Obviously, taking care of yourself is very important too. And I want to say that because I struggle with it sometimes. And sometimes I'm hard on myself, especially as an artist and like a creator. Like I get hard on myself about perfecting things and how big it should be at a certain time. And I just now like I'm at a point where I'm trying to be better with and I'm getting better with just letting things happen in due time. And then things go up from there. I never would have imagined that I could start my own nonprofit at 12 and get to have connections with legislators in my state. And I'm still expanding on those connections, organizations across the state, even in different states too. I've had people reach out to me and it's just been really cool to now have like connections with sickle cell warriors across the country. So that's really cool. But I wanted to mention this something that happened in my year, I was like going, I was like on my way to an appearance or something. And I check like the Facebook inbox for Miss Virginia. And it's something I didn't do a whole lot. I would really focus on the Instagram messages a little bit more. And um, so I wasn't always in there. And then I saw this message. It was this long message of someone who sent me a picture and she sent me a video and she just sent me this message. And she was like, hi, my daughter, her name is Samaria. She's eight years old and she looks up to you so much. She watches your content every day and she's also a dancer. So she's super inspired by you and she has sickle cell disease as well. And she really looks up to you, especially the times where it gets hard for her. And she was telling me about her hospital experience too and how it's not always so great. And I've had some of those same challenges and experiences. So I totally empathize. And it was just really again, like one of those moments, this is why I'm here. This is why I do what I do. And I was able to connect with her and her mom. And I was able to help get her a part of my nonprofit, which are the little comfort objects. So the bears I'll send out. I just thought it was so cool that someone watches my content every day. Or even when I went to Miss Virginia, someone who just looked like me, she was like, my daughter and I have been following you for years when we're just so proud that you represent the state, but also I have a role model for my daughter to look up to. Things that people say to me, I'm just like, wow, like I obviously try my best to be the best version of myself and inspire when and where I can. Whoever wants to join the journey is welcome. And if you don't, that's okay. And I just go at my own pace and it's really cool. Ayana, we're so happy that you're in this space. It's just wonderful that you continue to inspire. Thank you so much for all you do. It's amazing. All of the things you've done at such a young age. I'm excited to be in the audience to see all the things to come. I know we're running up on time, but we should have you back on Cheat Codes and continue to watch the journey. Hopefully one day have you back as a pediatric hematologist telling us about sickle cell research. Thank you so much, Ayana. Thank you so much, Ayana. Thank you guys so much. What a fantastic interview. I can't believe all of the things that Ayana's up to. 
met the president. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited to see where this goes for her and, and how her career plays out. I think she's going to be a big player in sickle cell disease going forward. For sure. I can't wait to watch it. Awesome. For those of you who are listening, if you found this interesting, please subscribe to Cheat Codes. Please share this with somebody who could benefit from hearing this episode. And please continue to follow us for upcoming episodes with important individuals in the sickle cell community. Keep living your best life with sickle cell disease. If you're not already following us, follow me at Dr. Z Sickle Cell. And me at Imagineer. We'll catch you next time, Warriors. Peace.